0: Considering the subject matter of Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk, the hosts recommend using discretion when allowing anyone under the age of 17 to listen. This program is specifically designed to be listened to by adults and therefore may be unsuitable for children under the age of 17. This program may contain one or more of the following, crude indecent language, graphically described violence, sensitive subject matter including controversial topics, conspiracies, religion, the occult, and death. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Episode of Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk. Rick and Steven discuss a recent ghost sighting at Rick's house. They talk
0: about their favorite movies revolving around Halloween, a brand new creature of the week on the Mongolian Death Worm. They call out paranormal shows for not submitting evidence to scientific study. Rick reads Edgar Allan Post The Raven and so much more, right now on
1: Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk. And we are back. Welcome to the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with myself, paranormal author and ghost hunter Rick Hale. And joining me as always is Stephen Lancaster, paranormal investigator, author, filmmaker, the man just does it all, and Stephen. The sexiest ghost hunter alive. Yeah, self-proclaimed, might I add. But no, this is our first ever Halloween episode. I,
0: and I'm also uh, I found out recently um, that Rick. I mean, you're you're self-proclaimed carrying the show because uh, I saw your little <laughs> interview. I, I I I watched your little well, the part what? one, the part that's out right now. I watched, and I was like,
1: oh, okay. I There's thought we no were way. equal, man. Whoa, 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 whoa! Wait a minute. Can, exactly what did I say? Because I don't remember saying anything how like convenient that. how convenient yes how convenient no i don't know that- those
0: chicks said something about that's right yeah 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 and then you were just like no it's not like that steven's <laughs> doing it with me you know some kind of attitude like that oh. <laughs> i assure you
1: it was not meant like that
0: hey buddy i'm on the edge of my seat for part two
1: i am on. The yeah edge of my i am seat. too you know, I didn't even, I didn't even know that they had released it yet. They released it either. like a a week prior to me, you know, sharing it to our show page and sharing it to my own uh, Facebook pages and all that. And uh, yeah, but hey, cool, you know? So, I mean, I thought it was a really good interview. I really liked. Yeah, uh, I like them. I like them a lot. And Brittany. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. But guys, you know, we are
0: back. I, I don't even know what episode this is at this point, but we're in the 20s. I think it's. <laughs> Twenty-seven, maybe Is it? I can look. It's twenty-seven real quick. or twenty-eight. Um, but yeah, but we do want to apologize. We we've had a lot going on. Um, yeah, it's episode twenty-seven. Uh, you know, I had a death in the family, which we're not even going to get into. But you know, just life gets in the way of things. Um, but we're yeah. back. We're ready to rock you. It's Halloween, man. It's Halloween. I love it. I can't wait to put on my Jack Skeleton onesie, wearing nothing underneath.
1: In a little bit way too much information yes. for you know, specifically me so well,
0: that's for the ladies out there
1: <laughs> hey you know what it's really weird because this is like the first time you have ever done a show where you're not wearing a hat of some kind i know man uh, got... i thought you were bald personally but
0: Don't you ever say that again. I will get implants. I will get it. Hey, you can't, it's not easy being the sexiest paranormal investigator alive year after year. You have to work at that shit. Oh yeah, I'm sure you do. Yeah. Now, now I'm kind of rolling with the gray Fox thing.
1: You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. I, you, Hey, you know what? We're, we, we are men of a certain age in our forties. So it's like, you know, like, like, like I said to my wife the other day, I, I completely intend on growing old and ugly. You know, so there's going to be no just for men for me and uh, all that. I'm just going to let it let it go. Well, let I'm
0: sure it. I'm going to have a midlife crisis and I'll dye my hair and get a couple more tattoos, you know. And, sure. But but, you know, that's normal. But so, Rick, yes. you, my friend, for those of you who have been with us from the beginning, we started this show um, as a TV version where you could actually right. watch us doing the show. And uh, on more than one occasion, we caught what could be believed as paranormal activity while we were doing the show. And it was happening at Rick's house. And he wanted to keep it on the the DL, man. He wanted to keep it on the down low. He didn't want his wife to find out. That kind of thing, man. It was the, the sinisterly hidden haunting. And you know, yes, yeah, some of the stuff Rick debunked, like his bird feeder, but that anomaly that walked behind him, or whatever you want to call it, traveled. Oh, the, you know, uh, the, the shadow. Yeah, I still yeah. watch that piece of video, and it's like, whoa! But Rick
1: now has witnessed something on his own. Yes, um, it was about two weeks ago. It was right after we had our last show, and um, so my wife gets up early for work every day. Um, I am, a, a, you know, apart from being a freelance writer and an author, I'm also a stay-at-home dad. And um, she gets up early in the morning, and uh, I sort of lay in bed for a little bit waiting for our son, Theo, to get up. And I'm laying in bed, and I'm, you know, going through my news feed, and all of a sudden I hear the unmistakable sound of footsteps on the stairs that, that leads up to our son's room. And it's about 6.20 in the morning, and Theo doesn't normally get up till about 7, 7.15. Sometimes I have to wake him up. and But it's not unusual for him to be up before 6.30. So I hear the unmistakable sound of footsteps coming down the stairs. And that's just the footsteps, but the squeaky on the stairs that comes with every every single person that goes up and down those stairs. So I'm about to yell out, hey, Theo, good morning. And all of a sudden, I see, like, this adult-sized shadow just block out the light. Because from our bedroom, we can kind of see the kitchen. See, like, this is the kitchen Mm -hmm. right here. And our bedroom is right over here. And I see this adult-sized shadow block out the light from the kitchen. They look... In the, in the bedroom at me and then walk towards the front room. Now, this is the first time I had ever seen anything like this before. And I thought to myself, it's like, who is that? Because my wife is, she's at work and Theo, although he's tall for his age, he's not that tall for his age. So, I got up and I put my leg on. For anybody who doesn't know, I'm a, I'm a left below knee amputee. So I have to put a prosthetic leg on in order for me to get up and go anywhere. So I hurriedly put my leg on, come into the front room, and I'm looking around to make sure that there's nobody in my house. There's nobody there. So the people who lived in our house before us, their names were Jack and Charlotte Bingham. And Jack died a long, long time ago. Um, and Charlotte, who became too too ill and too old to live in the house by herself, was moved by her family into a um, into a nursing home here in the area. And um, the last of that that I had heard about Charlotte, that she was dying. This was back in the summer, so I looked her up. And I found her obituary, and she had died in August. So what I'm thinking is, is that this was Charlotte, who was just sort of passing through to look at her house, make sure everything is good, and I haven't had anything since.
0: Interesting. You said three things I want to touch base on. Okay. Number one, you said she died in August. Yeah. That immediately made me think, well, it's not August, it's October. Right. Uh, when I first started investigating the Brentwood Wine Bistro, that was back in like 2007.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: there was a, a particular night um, where the activity was just the best. It was the peak. It, you know, Nothing's beat it. Okay. And out of sheer morbid curiosity, I decided to go back through the calendar years Because you know dates and days change year after year. Sure. What was the 13th this year is not going to be the 13th next year. And I come to find out that that very night, 30-some years ago, lined up exactly as the day the woman died in that house. Okay. Okay. Okay, and I don't think people think about that too often. They think, oh, she died on August 24th, 1974, Um, but you don't want to be there on August 24th, 2021. You want to be there on what day that actually would be mathematically.
1: Right. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Next thing, what's your state's uh, disclosure laws, like real estate disclosure laws?
1: Um, you know what? I don't know because we rent our house, Okay. so it's not like we own our house. Oh, yeah, I got you. Because I know here in North Carolina, if anything tragic happened in
0: the house, uh, including death, mm-hmm. um, by law, they have to disclose that information.
1: Oh, yeah. I think that came from, uh, from a ruling in the 1970s or 1980s mm-hmm. in New York. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Stigmatized oh. property law or something like that.
0: Stigmatized property. Which, speaking of which, side note – I've started mm-hmm. on this new show called Surreal Estate. Okay. Surreal Estate. And it's it follows an, a real estate agent and his team who investigate houses that are allegedly haunted that are on the market to be sold.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they try to figure out what's going on to either raise the value of the property or lower it. Okay. That sounds cool. Really interesting. Okay. You said something that I really liked when you said that this shadow was blocking out the light. Yeah, those are the experiences um, I hold a lot more validity to because mm-hmm. I, I. It's funny, man. It, it's like kind of like some kind of psychic connection. Um, today, this morning, I was talking to a colleague about my investigation at the USO, the United Service Organization in Wilmington. You know, it was in operation during World War II uh, for the army, and I was telling him about being in the auditorium and seeing down in the audience what looked like a shadow. And I'm thinking it's just light tricks. You know what okay. I mean? It's because it's not moving.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But then it moved and revealed oh. revealed the exit sign that it was standing oh, cool. the light up exit sign. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't. Eat, but that that just resonated with me because it's like that's when you know you've seen something when it is actually physically blocking light.
1: Yeah. You see, and like I couldn't I couldn't tell if it was male or female, but I got the distinct impression that it was female, because like I said, Jack has been dead for twenty years. Mm-hmm. Like Jack Bingham's been gone for a long time. But, you know, the recent but this was within the last two months that Charlotte had passed. So what I'm hoping is, is you know, I I wrote it down on Facebook and I put it on my page. We were like, well, you know, maybe, you know, she's going to stay in your house. And if she does and if she's still here, she's more than welcome. But to be but from from an ethical and moral perspective, I hope that she has gone on to wherever so she can be back with her beloved Jack. That's what I hope for. What, what about uh,
0: previous tenants? Do you know anything about previous tenants or anything that could have happened while they were renting the property?
1: Uh, no, because actually we have come up very empty when it comes to finding anything um, before uh, Jack and Charlotte live here. Jack and Charlotte, I think, moved in in here sometime in the 60s or the 70s and before then we have no idea like this this house has been built upon and has changed numerous times since it was built in 1920 so it's over 100 years old just 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 a hair over 100 years so, old
0: so by law it's it's considered a uh,
1: historic building you know i don't know what the laws are concerning it 100, 100 years 100 years mm-hmm. okay yeah i don't i don't know what it is with illinois but um yeah we really don't know much beyond jack and charlotte Bingham. Yeah, I'm
0: surprised the owner isn't isn't riding the coattail of that because you can get um perks when you, mm-hmm. you go and actually register your property as being historic. Um yeah. you get tax breaks and stuff. But that's not what this show's yep. about.
1: No, it is not. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a great experience and like I said to you before we started the show, that is the first apparition that I have seen in I, I I'd said five years to you, but it's probably been longer than that. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time since I've seen a natural apparition.
0: Well, I think it's just fantastic. And it, and it's something I've definitely taken note of just because of the things that I have witnessed while doing the show with you. You know, you mm-hmm. guys at home listening to the podcast, Rick and I can see each other. I can see into his house. He can see into mine. So, yeah. you know, something that well, we we film this stuff. So that's pretty cool, man. I, I'm excited for you. Uh, mm-hmm. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, it is Halloween. Greatest, the greatest
1: time of year. It's know. the most terrifying time of the year. That's the only time you're ever going to hear me sing.
0: Thank God, because that was God. the most terrifying time I've ever had. Anyway, <laughs> um, so it's not, not only is it the greatest day ever, you're listening to the greatest show ever. W- later in the program, we've got a new creature of the week, the Mongolian Death Worm. Yes. I
1: love this one. Yes.
0: And... Rick wants to cover movies, our favorite movies that take place on Halloween. We're going to spice it up tonight, guys. We're going to talk some some fucking horror. Not yep. just paranormal, but some horror.
1: Well, however, there are a couple of entries on my list of five mm-hmm. that really, you can't really say are horror, but they're sort of Halloween adjacent. Kind of like Die Hard being a Christmas movie. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. There's yes. no debate
0: about this. Yes. Hey, no argument here, man. I love that movie. I know. Um, welcome to the party, pal! Anyway, <laughs> with that being said, we are also, once again, going to be discrediting the paranormal shows um, with some new evidence that, not that you need more evidence to know that these shows are fake, but we're going to talk about uh, scientific contributions and why the paranormal shows aren't contributing. So with that being said, guys, we're going to take a quick break, listen to these commercials. Be sure to check us out at Facebook, facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative. Yes, Rick's he's way more active on there than I am. And I apologize. But Rick is always posting interesting things, interesting points of discussion, really cool things to read. And that's how you can communicate directly with us.
1: I try to keep it fresh, my man.
0: He does, man. He does. So, with that being said, guys, we will be right back.
1: Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk is now available on iTunes, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and many more. To contact the hosts, visit www.shadowinitiativetv.com or email them at shadowinitiativetv at gmail.com. That's shadowinitiativetv at gmail.com. We would love to hear from
0: you. We now return to Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with
1: your hosts, Rick Hale and Stephen Lancaster. There it is. All right. And welcome back to the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with your host, Rick Hale. And this guy over here is Stephen Lancaster. So, welcome back, everybody. Thank you, thank you for joining us on this of the unholiest of days, as some people say, Halloween. Yeah, man. And what's better? I mean, no
0: lie, no exaggeration. My wife and I literally watch horror every day. Yeah. <laughs> every day. But, you know, it's just there's something about this time of year, man, that just makes it that much sweeter.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, it's just to uh, get that, that creepy feel and you get those creepy movies. And, yeah, it's it just... Makes everything come together. So we're gonna
0: discuss movies that revolve around Halloween and we would love to hear your picks, your favorites. So Facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative. What do you think is the best movie that
1: revolves around Halloween? Rick, get get us yep. started here. I got five. Oh god. And okay. There are there's there's going to be a couple of controversial um Our, entries on, on my list. I can't wait. Okay, so first, we are going with The Crow. That's my first as well. Yep, I know you love The Crow as that picture of you as a young, nerdy Steven sitting in his bedroom with all the Brandon Lee covering his walls. Yeah, I love The Crow. Um, I love the movie and the graphic novels by James Obar. Uh, And I'd have to say, not only is the action and the acting, um, and it's just... Is so great in this movie. It's so dark, but the soundtrack, man. Oh, it rocked. It, it was probably the,
0: one of the last great... Yeah, you know, there, there used to be a time when you looked forward to the movie soundtrack. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh, the yeah. 80s. The 80s were huge on movie soundtracks. But The Crow, to me, like signified the... And, and even The Second Crow had a pretty decent uh, soundtrack. But mm-hmm. it, 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 that was really the last awesome movie soundtrack for me.
1: Yeah, I think the I think the standout in that movie soundtrack is uh, Nine Inch Nails cover of Joy Division, my absolute favorite band. Love Joy Division, uh, Joy Division's uh, Dead Souls. Mm-hmm. Like I have I have I have come to the conclusion that the only people that the, the only band that should ever cover. Um, Joy Division is Nine Inch Nails. So. All right. Moving right along. There there
0: is still a little bit. There's a little bit of controversy there. Okay. Because technically. Because you're talking to the guy that knows all things the crow mythology. So there is a little bit of controversy in what you were referring to as a Halloween movie. Okay. The crow doesn't actually take place on Halloween. Yes, I know that it takes okay. place on Devil's
1: Night, Okay. Which is the night before. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Oh, I knew. Hey, I, I am. I am a super fan. I know these things, man. Okay, man. <laughs> all right. So let's. Or wait, all right. What do you got next? Okay, interview with the vampire. I love interview with the vampire. I'm not really so much like a Tom Cruise fan. No, but I. I do like Brad Pitt. I think Brad Pitt is a pretty good actor, and um, I really liked the way that they brought the characters of Louis and Lestat to life in that movie from the book. I mean, I don't know if you've ever read the book, but All I think I'm – yeah, I'm reading it for like the fifth time now, so – all right. The next one is the one that we watched last I night. I don't get to comment on it. Oh, no, no. Go ahead. Oh, no, go God, ahead. man. Sorry about that, man. I wish we were still doing the video so people
0: could see my look of disdain <laughs> anyway. Go ahead. Now, yeah. Interview of the Vampire. I read that in high school. Mm-hmm. And then the Vampire Lestat and so on and so, so forth. Right. Um, I like the movie, too. I... I guess you could only do so much without making it like two movies, because you mm-hmm. know the the book kind of dives into a whole lot more. Like Louis spends way more time with Armand yeah, in the book than than
1: he does in the movie. Um, well, in the you know one of the things that they left out of the movie was uh, Louis and um, Claudia's travels in Eastern Europe mm-hmm. and coming across those sort of like soulless brainless zombie like vampires and mm-hmm. you know i mean but you know like like with any you know movie that comes from a book they have to take out those kind of things in order to you know make it pal- palatable for right you know average person who you know their attention span isn't that long so yeah okay now you can uh, keep going <laughs> oh no you know it's like they, they they have to take those kind of things out in order to make it Flow, I guess you could say.
0: Yeah, but it's a, it's a great movie. I, I love it too.
1: Okay, go
0: can on. I, can I, you can, okay, you can cool. proceed. <laughs> okay,
1: so this one we watched last night with my son. Showed it to him for the first time, and um, this is one of those movies that no matter what I'm doing, I will drop anything that I'm doing to watch, and that is the Burbs. That's a fun movie. Yeah, it's it's funny but it, it's not just funny. It's like dark, darkly comical. And, you know, it's, it's got a lot of, it's got elements of horror. It's got comedy in it. It's got, um, I, I, I don't know. I just think it's a really great movie. And I know, and again, it's one of those ones that's controversial. And people are like, well, that's not a Halloween movie, but you know, it's, it's, it's got like the horror and the murder and, and all that kind of stuff in it. Yeah. I really don't have a comment on that one because I like
0: it. I I don't really, I, I guess you could consider that a horror movie. I don't know. That's more like a, a thriller, a thriller yeah. comedy to me. Right. Um, but it certainly um, encapsulated the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> There's uh, no doubt.
1: Corey absolutely. Feldman and all. Corey Feldman. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny because... Um, before we watched that movie, we said to our son, he's like, oh, yeah, one of the kids uh, from uh, The Goonies is in the movie. He's like, oh, which one? He's like, Mouth. And my kid is like, oh, Mouth is my favorite. So if you know Theo, you'll understand why that is. Um, is. <laughs> OK, so number four, Nosferatu. Yeah, yeah, he, he kind of got to throw that one in there. I love Nosferatu. And there is a version of of Nosferatu that came out in the 90s that uses the music of Typo Negative as sort of like a soundtrack or a backdrop, which, in my opinion, only makes it better. Thoughts on Nosferatu? Yeah,
0: I'm kind of with you on the Typo Negative version. I had actually seen that (laughs) before ever watching the original. Oh, okay. It's, a, it's it's kind of like uh, the whole Wizard of Oz and Dark Side of the Moon, yeah, album thing, you know. So it's it certainly uh, it it that actually, believe it or not, the type of negative thing inspired uh, me and my good buddy Justin. Oh, god, back in the day, him and I were really into making little short films and stuff, right. and we decided to start taking um, music that we liked and completely putting it to other music videos mm-hmm. like like for instance we we took um a song by the band sabotage uh, right. which is kind of like symphonic metal and put that over a uh the doors la woman video
1: <laughs> and it worked and it right? worked, worked. Yeah. it was
0: like way better <laughs> so it kind of well, typo negative influenced us to like do that like it kind of like um Take in any country music video, mm-hmm. which, which you know how country music has all these hot girls in it, right? So sure. the yeah. videos. So you take mm-hmm. any country music video and just throw a Motley Crue song over it. Bam, done.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, that most country most country rock these days is nothing but you know Motley Crue with a little twang to it. So proceed, proceed. Moving right along. Last but certainly not least the Rocky Horror Picture Show.
0: I'm, I respect it, but I, I it's just not my bag, man. And it's it's, yeah, it's, it's not a musical thing, because mm-hmm. there are musicals that I really like. Okay. You know, but uh, it, it's just, I don't know, that never jived with me. I've seen it numerous times,
1: it's just, I don't know. It's so stupid and so corny, but... For me, it just works like Jim Curry. Uh, I'm sorry. Tim Curry as Dr. Frank Inferter. I, I will. I like anything that Tim Curry does.
0: Yeah. He's um,
1: a phenomenal actor. Yes, he is. And I mean, it's just it's just one of those movies that worked. But the thing is, is like, you know, it's great and everything if you're watching it on your television. But, man, I remember back in the 90s going to a um, going to the music box theater in Chicago. Where they would play that in October on late on Saturday nights, and it was just it, it was just such a party, fun atmosphere. People throwing bread at each other when somebody mm-hmm. a toast. People, you know, doing the time warp. It was it is just a fun movie, and it's not just a movie that, like I said, you have to, that you can watch. You have to experience it and partake.
0: Fantastic. All
1: right, <laughs> now
0: yours okay well but you covered my number one okay. which is the crow the crow um, that's one of those films that if it's on i'm gonna stop and watch it i've got every version of it i've got every piece of memorabilia that has ever come out i have autographed shit from james o'barr i mean that movie uh it just resonated with me mm-hmm. um on on all levels as a musician as as a guy who just loves film the story um, I was a fan of the comic in '89 before the film was even, you know, a thought. And right. uh, it broke my heart with Brandon Lee because that guy had mm. so much promise, so much talent, so much promise. It was endless potential that came that was came to an end. And uh, but anyway, so now now me, I I am an avid lover of horror, and my wife act, actually hates this part, but I love. B horror movies, like, oh, horror movies
1: are the best. You know, like, what on I'm,
0: you know, like the Evil Dead's and, yeah. and Black Sheep and Thanks Killing, <laughs> <and> zombies, <laughs> <laughs> right? Poultry guys, I love that kind of shit, man. I, I just yeah. slap my ass off. But since we're, you know, this is a serious show, um, yeah, is. I, I, I guess I, I would have I, I'm. <sighs> I think each one of these movies is a piece of me, is a piece mm-hmm. of my personality. Like the Crow, um, the next one's Flatliners,
1: yes, the original, yeah, the original,
0: the original, the original, right? Um, yeah. That film so, so here in Chicago, by the way. Yeah, that resonated with me because, hey, I love all things '80s movies, and, sure. and that has something that I that has been something that I have literally studied and considered at one point. There, mm-hmm. there are colleagues of mine that will tell you we worked it down to having nurses that were going to be. I mean, we worked out every little to attempt to do the same thing they did in this movie. Okay. Um, long story short, we did not. But um, that movie is always kind of uh, uh, and keeping it in the 80s. Uh, Silver Bullet. The
1: werewolf movie. I, that, that is my favorite werewolf movie.
0: Yes. I mean, it's, it's got the late Corey Haim. Gary Busey, you know, it, it was just, it was the first of its kind, man. It, mm-hmm. it had the funny stuff too, but I mean, we're talking a kid in a wheelchair having to battle a werewolf. Yeah. You know, that is all I, I'm surprised that one hasn't been tapped and, and redone, but. Okay. Well, I hope
1: that they don't cause I hate when they do that shit, but.
0: Now, all right. Now more recently, I say more recently, um, but Sinister. Sinister really, really impressed me. Um, I've not seen it. I'm a big Ethan Hawke fan, first off. Okay. And he's an author in Mm -hmm. in this movie. And what he writes about is um, basically true murder crime things. Well, he has bought a house where this horrific shit went down, but doesn't tell his wife and family the truth about the house.
1: Okay.
0: And he moves in there because he's going to write about it. Well, it turns out that this house is tainted. It is sadistically haunted. The movie's called Sinister. It is fantastic. i want to check that out. Fantastic. And, and again, resonating with it as being an author of Paranormal Phenomena. You know, he's an author mm-hmm. of something very similar. It's really good, man. Okay, I will look into that one. <laughs> lastly, lastly, um, because of my love of the B movies, and this just makes the perfect segue when we come back to Creature of the Week Tremors. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, and everything about that movie is remarkable. It it's is awesome. I love that movie. <laughs> I love Tremors. And
0: and if you guys at home have not seen um Kevin Bacon uh now Tremors kind of derailed you know and went into all these straight to TV movies with Burt Gummer and uh mm-hmm. it, uh Kevin Bacon recently financed uh past couple years a Tremors series yes and the pilot is available on YouTube and it okay. sh- it shows him now he's older he's still got his long hair, you know and and the the pilot's really good. But, I'm going to look into that. But a network hasn't picked it up yet. Just the trailer for it, man, will get you like, yes, this has got to be a series. Yeah. This has got to be a series. But yeah. Uh,
1: so, love that movie. So It's well, so funny and corny.
0: We're going to take a quick break here, guys. And Tremors is going to be our segue. When we come back, we will be discussing Creature of the Week, the Mongolian Death Worm. So, you guys stick around. Are you a fan of Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk? Leave the hosts a review and your thoughts on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Music, Ghana, JayaSab, or wherever you enjoy the show. Paranormal investigator Rick Hale offers you the Geek's Guide to the Strange and Unusual poltergeists, ghosts, and demons. Bullets, booze, and babes, the haunted history of Chicago and Illinois. And behold, shocking true tales of terror and some other spooky stuff. But if you're thirsty for more, I bring you true case files of a paranormal investigator and dark spirits, a man terrorized by the supernatural. But if you wanna go even further, dive deep into the dark reality of haunted dolls check out my paranormal bestsellers norman the doll that needed to be locked away and norman 2 the true story of a possessed doll's revenge available at amazon Barnes and noble and wherever fine books are sold we now return to shadow initiative paranormal talk with your hosts
1: rick hale and stephen lancaster
0: all right, ladies and gentlemen, happy Halloween! Welcome back. You are with Rick Hale, ghost hunter, writer of paranormal phenomena. The thorn in my side—I can't call him sidekick. Sharp thorn his in his side. Ego is just blowing up out there with all these
1: huge
0: interviews he's been getting recently. I knew it was going to get to him. I knew it was. I, I knew it. You know, it's—it's a—it's a fragile, desolate, tempting, seductress. But anyway. <laughs> uh we are back this is our halloween special we just talked some some of our favorite um halloween time movies we also discussed rick's haunt that we got to keep on the down low we got to whisper it
1: oh no 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 no! she knows all about it now. Oh, I she does now it. oh she knows fantastic I told, her, I told her that night and um now when, when it comes to my wife my my wife Jamie is very, very skeptical when it when it comes. She has to see something in order to believe it. And it's not that she disbelieved me. It's just that she would need to see something like that in order to say, oh yeah, okay.
0: Alright. So we're going to talk about this incredible creature called the Mongolian Death Worm. Which, like most things, Rick, is an elusive beast that's that's hard to get any
1: kind of proof on. Right. Well, you know, first, I'd just like to say not to be confused with the worm at the bottom of a tequila. No, you know? or, or a
0: death metal band. <laughs> my, my, Mongolian death worm just sounds like a hardcore death metal band, don't it?
1: Yeah, it does.
0: They're wearing all their armor and everything. I can see it now. Um, anyways, so it's said to resemble a very large, well, worm, OK, up to three feet long, dark red in color. Spike-like projections, you know, kind of off of its exterior. uh, And it spends most of its time hidden in the sand. This allegedly is a beast in the Gobi Desert. Okay. And the locals are, like, terrified of this thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, allegedly, as legend has it, it can kill in several fearsome ways, Rick. It can spit a stream of corrosive venom kind of like a cobra right sure and it's lethal to anything it hits uh, or xenomorph (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like our friend the eel it can Mm -hmm. electrocute your ass (laughs) supposedly this is a terrifying creature exactly okay so now there have been actual scientists um Try to investigate this creature of course one's never been caught um right. now there is a real life uh animal the sand boa that's mm-hmm. known to that area that pretty much resembles everything it doesn't do the things that they say the mongolian death worm does but it could be mistaken for the mongolian death worm um you know kind of like a gorilla could be mistaken for bigfoot that kind of thing Sure. And, you know, kind of thinking about it, and, and Rick, I know you agree, you know, we mentioned Tremors uh, during or before this last break. Yeah. You know, think about what the Mongolian Death Worm has inspired, okay? It has inspired the Graboids. Okay, <laughs> yes. Stupid name, the Graboids. <laughs> the Graboids. From the Tremors, okay? The Sand Worms from Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, so many sci-fi, thing, even Star Wars. OK, so, you know, so, you know, the, the pit, thing that comes up out of the pit and tries to eat the
1: uh, that's suppo- uh, Millennium Falcon.
0: Right. And that and, and that supposedly uh, killed Boba Fett, you know.
1: But, oh, yeah. sorry. But that's but sure. you could
0: learn in the books. He survived. But right. So, yeah. What do you think? about this Mongolian death worm. Is it just one of those things that a long time ago in history, it was mistaken identity and just one thing led to another and just spread fear.
1: Yeah. See, I had never heard of the Mongolian death worm until I was, until I watched uh, an episode of destination truth Mm -hmm. with with Josh Gates. Mm -hmm. Um, That is one of the very rare and rare shows that I actually like. Um, So I never heard of it before, but the more that I read into it, I thought that it's like if there is going to be any cryptids out there that's going to be discovered, it's a possibility it could be this one. And it's a possibility that this sand bow or whatever it's called is what this thing really is.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's
1: like – it's just – it's one of those ones that that the jury is still out. I mean, could it exist? Sure. Um, But I'm not, I really don't know for sure because this one, like I said, this is, this one is actually very new to me. So I haven't really put the, uh, um, put the research into it that I probably should have. Well, I'm kind of with you,
0: or at least with what I think you were insinuating. I, I think like the desert, these, these areas that are uncharted, the areas of the ocean we have yet to even discover um, oh, sure. Places in the Arctic, you know, I think if there are things out there that are bizarre by our mm-hmm. definition, it's going to be in the in those type areas.
1: Well, yeah, you got the go by desert, which, you know, during the day can reach up to 150 degrees and at night be 20 degrees below zero. Well, yeah, they call so it North is, Carolina. <laughs> it, is the, it is one of the most inhospitable places mm-hmm. on the planet. And what perfect place for something like that to hide? Exactly, if it does exist.
0: Exactly. So, with that being said, there you guys go. Mongolian death worm, elusive legend of the Gobi Desert. I say Gobi. Rick says, "What'd you call I it?"
1: Think, I, I think it's I think it's actually pronounced Gobi. Gobi. Okay, go by well, you go you go by that. Okay, and, and I'm going to go by Gobi. Okay. <laughs> Deal,
0: fair enough. So Rick, you, you yes. mentioned destination truth, which is going is. you know, it's just been a great night of segues. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this brings us to our controversial discussion. You know, you guys who have been our, our our fellow listeners, our followers since the beginning, or even new to us. Oh
1: hold on one second, Stephen. So I, I just want to preface what we're gonna go in into. Mm-hmm. Um any hate mail should be sent to Terry Koenig. Yes. As always, yes. Send all hate mail to Terry Cohn.
0: And that is Terry TerryCoen01 zero one at gmail.com. Thank you. Um, so, uh, anyways, we, you guys are pretty well aware. If you know us, um, we, we aren't anti the paranormal shows. I don't care that they're out there. What mm-hmm. I care about is the lying and the fraud and just you know, putting on this facade that this is how it's done and this that it's real. And you know we've we've discussed in the past that reality doesn't have a story writer. Reality doesn't have special effects people in their credits. you know right. there there are actual people who are employed on these shows to go into these locations and rig things to catch the 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 cast off guard. so you get that authentic scare okay the shows are fake but the, but the one big question is and, and for those of you who watch these shows um there's nothing wrong with that i i, I catch them every now and again for entertainment value
1: yeah and, my, and, my son my son likes to watch them we watch them on discovery plus Plus.
0: and you know just i'm we're not gonna i'm not going to um slam something without being highly educated on it so, sure. you know, I can't, I'm it's not going to say something on something I haven't looked at. But with that being said, we are talking about individuals who claim to find, as we call the holy grail of the paranormal, like every other episode of X, Y, and Z show, you know, or ABC mm-hmm. show, whatever. Okay. And they lie. And you mentioned Destination Truth. Now, I will say, I think Josh Gates is charismatic. He's funny.
1: I, you know he, he he's
0: probably a really nice dude but I cannot see past the fact that he signed a paper knowingly that is a disclosure that he knows that that shit's gonna be staged. So he's willingly being a charlatan okay I am not, I did not know this but thank you. okay they all are yeah. they all are every one of them every one of these paranormal shows have to sign that contract and some of them have been sued by their production companies after they've been fired from the show they they they're on a uh, uh what do you call it a gag order for like mm-hmm. 5 years after their termination and some of them have went on to podcasts and radio shows and outed like ghost hunters international got outed by a certain person and that former cast member got sued right Okay, so they're willingly. Doing it happens. This. Well, we're going to use Destination Truth as an example again. I think I could probably hang out with Josh Gates. I think he just seems like a genuinely nice dude. I don't have to approve of everything he does to like a person. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So you know, kind of like me and you. Anyway. Yeah. So we have dis. Well, what I'm saying is, you and I have disagreements on things, but that doesn't change our relationship. So right. A particular episode of Destination Truth, you probably remember this one, Rick, is when he's exploring the Yeti. Right. Yeah, okay, And one. he claims to have found the Yeti tracks. Do you remember this? I do remember that, yeah. Okay. This discovery actually made international news. Yes, I remember it okay. well. Per what was said by Josh Gates... The tracks were sent to the United States to be examined by top scientists. hmm So whatever became of the footprint toted as hard evidence and proof of the Yeti.
1: hmm
0: Okay. I have no idea. Nobody does. And you want to know why? Because what he said was a lie. Oh, that's the footprints are were never studied by scientists at the Smithsonian. It was a total okay. fucking lie. It is the footprints are not the subject of scientific scrutiny. The 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 the, the footprints are not being published in a peer reviewed sci- scientific journal. You know, everybody wants proof of this stuff, but when it comes to these shows, nobody ever actually offers anything up to science. And that was the point we were getting at, folks is these shows who claim to have all this awesome stuff on video. you know, even hard evidence like like you know actual mass, actual uh, hair samples that Josh Gates has totes totes around, and you know all these mm-hmm. things that can be analyzed that he says on the show, Smithsonian, Smithsonian scientists are going to be examining this is not true. So, So if these shows. Just tell us all this. Right. It's fake, guys. It's fake. So, the point here is if these shows were real, there'd be no question about the paranormal. Right. Because real scientists would be taking this data and exploring it, researching it, learning it, Mm -hmm. learning from it. So, like I said, story writers, sound effects guys, special effects guys, and then blatantly just saying things that aren't true. You know, saying the footprints are sm- sent to the Smithsonian for examination. Never happened.
1: You know what really what really bugs me about, what does bug me about these shows? And it has, you know, of course, filtered out into real life with people now um, who were inspired by the shows to be paranormal investigators, ghost hunters, whatever you choose to call it. I cannot stand it when people call themselves scientists. Right. Or they say they're doing science. Now, you and I, we were discussing this a little bit off, you know, off the air. And it's like, if, if this is going to be any kind of a science, it's going to be social science, because you're getting into things like folklore, mythology, legends, anthropology, archaeology, you're getting into those areas with, with a lot of to just some of this stuff. And it's like, I don't think I would ever call myself a scientist because I'm just a dude who graduated high school and barely got out of that alive. So it's like, I I think it's really just sort of disingenuous how people are like, Oh yeah, I'm a scientist, but you're not really doing science. And like you said with this, you're not really offering anything to science. You're not submitting this to the scientific method. You're not submitting this to, you know, physicists and chemists and, biologists, biologists, Biologist, exactly. So it's like it if there's if there's one of the things that I that I really is a huge pet peeve of mine is when people misrepresent themselves. Mm-hmm. And you get a lot of that in paranormal land, people misrepresenting themselves.
0: You do. And, you know, I, I'm not uh, patting myself on the back, Rick, but but one of the greatest cases that that I worked, my wife worked, uh, a lot of my team members. Was a case we refer to as Eidolon Fields, mm-hmm. and um, it, it's it's what, it, it's one of those ones that is evil by every definition, which is very very rare. And okay. we had f- discovered a skeleton of a, what looked to be some kind of canine, but when we referenced everything, um, you know, go, doing research on the web, you know, different mm-hmm. different kinds of canine, you know. We could not find a match. The closest thing we could actually come to was a hyena, which obviously would be... You don't really get around here, yeah. Right, okay. So, that skeleton was sent to an anthropologist at NC State by the name of Ann Ross to examine. Okay. That is contributing something to scientific study. Now, she came back with... She couldn't identify the exact you know, the exact species of canine. All she could agree with was it was some kind of canine, but she couldn't Mm -hmm. pinpoint exactly which one that is submitting paranormal evidence to science.
1: And that Steven is why you and I guys like us will never be on television. But the thing is, and you listeners out there, tell us if we're wrong, come
0: to our Facebook, facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative. Would you not watch a show like that? I mean, you I hear, you hear our stories, you you hear the cases we've worked, you've read our books, you know, in some cases seen some of them on TV. Would you not? I mean, to me, that would be just as entertaining, you know, following along on a discovery to see what happens. You know, that's why you know uh, I, I've. Well, I, I'm about to say something I shouldn't really say, but. There is a concept out there on the table that is as has been being reviewed, um, and Rick, you know what I'm talking about. Hey. Um, about a paranormal team, a proposal to it, an entire season is basically one location. To I where, like that idea. Yeah, and you you and I know that there's a certain production company looking at this idea, mm-hmm. um, but COVID and stuff, you know, it's kind. Of, we're just taking things as it comes. You know, that's how you show people how it's done. It's not in and out in one night. They're at the same location for an entire season. So you look forward to each episode. Like, what are they going to find this time? What are they going to disprove the next episode? You know, you get to follow along that whole time on the actual... Who did they send this piece of evidence to? You know, what what guy did they send this to? What doctor did they send this to?
1: You know, that would be cool to me. And interesting. I I would... I would love to see that. I would, I, would, I, I, I would watch that. I would sit down and watch that every, every week. Well, there you go, guys.
0: Yet another reason, if you don't know already, <laughs> why these shows are not real. So with that being said, we're going to take our final break. We're going to come back and do what we always do. So you guys just stick around do you have proof of the paranormal want to see your story and evidence showcased on our show email shadowinitiativetv@gmail.com at gmail.com with questions comments your paranormal stories evidence of the paranormal or just anything you'd like to see on our show your story and evidence may appear on shadow initiative paranormal tv that's shadow initiative tv at gmail You are listening to Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with authors and ghost hunters Stephen Lancaster
1: and Rick Hale. She's alive! And welcome back to the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with your hosts, Stephen and Rick. So, hey, Stephen, you know, on most shows I do, you know, a a ghost watch, which is something that I have written myself um, and I base on the work of um, Peter Underwood and his original BBC show called Ghost Watch. But since it's Halloween, I wanted to do something different. We're not, I'm not going to be reading the Ghost watch, rather I'm gonna do a reading of the Raven Dumb. by the immortal Edgar Allan Poe. Now I have been reading The Raven since I was a child every Halloween, and I know this is going to sound strange, but I can only read Edgar Allan Poe in October any other time of the year I can't read I can't read Edgar Allan Poe so it's like I don't know if it's like something psychological or whatever, but that's just kind of been my thing since I was a kid
0: Hey. If that's your jam, man.
1: That is my jam. So, with that being said, once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered weak and weary over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, while I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping, as of someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door, "'Tis some visitor,' I muttered, tapping at my chamber door. "'Only this, and nothing more. "'Ah, distinctly I remember, it was in the bleak December, "'and each separate dying ember wrought its ghost upon the floor. "'Eagerly, I wished the morrow, vainly I had sought to borrow, "'from my book's surcease of sorrow, sorrow for the lost Lenore, "'for the rare and radiant maiden.' Whom the angels name, Lenore. Nameless here, forevermore. And the silken sad and certain rustling of each purple curtain thrilled me, filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before. So that now, to still the beating of my heart, I stood repeating, Tis, some visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door. Some late visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door. This it is. And nothing more Presently my soul grew stronger Hesitating no longer Sir, said I, or madam Truly your forgiveness I implore But the fact is I was napping And so gently you came rapping And so faintly you came tapping Tapping at my chamber door That I scarce Was sure I heard you Here I opened wide the door Darkness there and nothing more Deep into that darkness peering, long I stood there wondering, fearing, doubting, dreaming dreams no mortals ever dared to dream before. But the silence wasn't broken, and the stillness gave no token, and the only word there spoken was the whispered word, Lenore. This I whispered, and an echo murmured back the word, Lenore, merely this and nothing more back into the chamber turning all oh, my soul within me burning soon again i heard a tapping something louder than before surely said i surely that is something at my window Lettice, let me see then what the reed it is and the mystery explore let my heart be still a moment and this mystery explore tis the wind and nothing more open here i flung the shutter when, with many a flirt and flutter, in there stepped a stately raven of the saintly days of yore. Not the least obeisance made he, not a minute stopped or stayed he, but with mine of lord or lady perched above my chamber door, perched upon a bust of palace just above my chamber door, perched and sat, and nothing more but the raven sitting lonely on that placid bus spoke only that one word as if his soul in that one word he did outpour. Nothing farther than he uttered, not a feather, then he fluttered, till I scarcely more than muttered, other friends have flown before. On the morrow he will leave me as my hopes have flown before. Then the bird said, nevermore. Startled at the stillness broken, my reply so aptly spoken. Doubtless said I what it utters is its only stock in store. Caught from some unhappy master, whom unmerciful disaster followed fast and followed faster till his songs one burden bore till the dirges of his hope, that melancholy burden bore of never, nevermore. But... Then the raven, still beguiling all my sad soul into smiling, straight I wheeled a cushioned seat in front of bird and bust and door. Then, upon the velvet sinking, I betook myself to linking fancy unto fancy, thinking what this ominous bird of yore, what this grim, ungainly, ghastly, gaunt, and ominous bird of yore, meant in croaking, nevermore. then methought of the air grew denser, perfumed with an unseen censer, swung by seraphim whose footfalls tinkled on the tufted floor. Wretch, I cried, thy god hath lent thee, by these angels he hath sent thee, respite, respite, and nepenthe from thy memories of Lenore. Quaff, O quaff, this kind nepenthe, of and forget this lost Lenore. Quoth the raven, nevermore. Be that word or sign of parting, burned or fiend I shrieked up starting. Get thee back into the tempest and the night's Plutonian shore. Leave no black plume as a token of that lie thou soul hath spoken. Leave my loneliness unbroken. Quit the bust above my door. Take thy beak from out my heart and take thy form from off my door. Quoth the raven, nevermore and the raven never flitting still is sitting still is sitting on the pallid bust of palace just above my chamber door and his eyes have all the seeming of a demons that is dreaming and the lamplight o'er him streaming through his shadow on the floor and my soul from out that shot shadow that lies floating on the floor shall be lifted nevermore I thought you were
0: going to like bust out in song
1: there for a minute man <laughs> You know what I have actually been um, rehearsing that or you know ever since we were talking about you know possibly doing this because it's it's Edgar Allan Poe man he is one of the great American writers he's the guy who even um, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who gave us Sherlock Holmes, has said he gave him the idea for the macabre and for um, detective stories. He has been the absolute inspiration for every horror author who has lived within the last 150 years.
0: I'm sitting there thinking, like, where's this guy been during Ghostwatch? <laughs> golly was like, I, I, it was like deserves a, it man it's like a damn audition I, I almost watching an audition tape
1: yeah, ladies I, and I, gentlemen
0: Rick Hale
1: I love the Raven, I love Poe and I will be, after tonight I will be putting my essential Edgar Allan Poe collection away until next year
0: well you know Eric Draven quoted the Raven Hmm. Since we were talking about the crow earlier, we can't leave that out. Nope, you can't. So, Rick. So, yes, Stephen. I know we have a very special
1: guest coming up here, uh, what, next week? We do. Yeah, uh, next week we're going to be welcoming to the show Victoria Monday. She is the co-host of Edge of the Rabbit Hole podcast with Mike Ricksecker. Um, I'm sure you know who Mike Ricksecker is. Sure. Yeah, I mean, the guy's everywhere with all of his books and everything. But you know what? Victoria Monday, she deserves her moment in the sun as well. And she is a great co-host, and she's a super nice person. She's also the founder of Wildwood Paranormal and the Paranormal Perfect Storm. So we're going to be talking to her next week about her adventures in ghost hunting as well as uh, doing their own podcast. Hey, that sounds fun.
0: We need to look back too. I mean we actually we got a we got quite the list of guests coming up.
1: We this do. It's gonna yeah. be
0: a be a good season.
1: We do, yeah. We're and and uh we just had uh May Maeve Ibanez mm-hmm. uh, on and she was talking about her work uh on um with working with um um oh my god, What is his name those Tony Codwell? Yeah, we're gonna be talking to <laughs> no not Tony Codwell, but um oh my Kane Hodder. God. thank you. I know God you know, I'm still I'm, I'm still like, you know, got the but uh, got the raven going through my head right now. But, yeah, her, her work with Kane Hodder on the documentary. So now we're going to be talking to the gentleman who made that documentary, Tony Cadwell. And he's going to be telling us all about his work as a paranormal investigator, as well as working as well as being a paranormal filmmaker. And we have him the following week after we talk to Victoria.
0: Oh, and I can't wait. You know, because I, I, I saw his, his little Facebook page the other day. He's out filming another documentary. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, th- I'm thinking, it works. Man, man, Tony, wait till you get a load of me and Rick. I, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> so you can, we're a documentary in ourselves.
1: Oh, my God. Could you imagine? I, I I I fear and would feel dread for the person that would have to
0: follow you. <laughs> and you know what, Tony? This is how I'm going to pitch it. Like, look, dude, it's low budget. You know what? It's not even no budget. It's it's a no budget. You know, just tell us where to be, man. We're there. And, we're, there, and yeah. that, that documentary will go right to number one on IMDb.
1: Yeah, and God help you, Tony. God help you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So with that being said, it's been a fun, fun return back to the show. Um, yeah, so we got a guest next week, and then I think after that another guest too. I yeah, we'll be talking to Tony. Yeah, so I got to start getting some guests. You know, ever ever since Rick has like taken claim to like being the star of the show, he's like, I you he, know what?
1: I, a, I have these great like broad muscular shoulders, and I need it, man, because I am carrying this show. Just carrying it. And it takes a lot of effort. (laughs) Believe (laughs) me! (laughs) For me, it takes a lot of pills. No, you know what, dude? I will will tell anybody and everybody that when it comes to the production of this show that you are the mastermind behind it. There's no digging out. There's no
0: digging out. There's no digging out. Just... What's been said, it, we're just, it's it, all things
1: heal in time, right?
0: All Wait, no, well, hold on a second.
1: <laughs> I, I don't, I don't even know exactly what it is you're talking about. It's okay. The world does
0: because no it
1: picture. is out there. It is recorded. It, it so it's, it's okay. Fi- find it for me and show it to me. I need, I need proof. Basically, if there's no pictures, it didn't happen.
0: <laughs> uh, anyways, back to reality. Um, so cool guys, thanks for hanging out with us You learned about the Mongolian Death Worm um, You learned that uh, Rick Could actually Pretty much be
1: on Broadway <laughs> I should start my own rap career The, uh, the, the gothic rapper
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you actually said there, That's funny you say that Because there was one of the lines In the Raven you read and mm-hmm. I was thinking, God, that sounds like a rapper's name. I can't, I can't remember what part it was.
1: Oh, <laughs> but I was like, that sounds like a rapper. The Palad Buster Palace. That
0: was it. That was it. Palace.
1: The MC Busta, Palace.
0: Buster Palace. That, that was it. That was it. See, man. It was Psychic. Psychic. Yep.
1: We got
0: it going on. So with that uh, with that being said, guys, thanks for hanging out with us again. Um, you can check us out on iTunes, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, um, over in India, Ghana. That is some a huge network over there that apparently we are too. I don't know why, but thank you guys over there in India. We appreciate it.
1: We are the uh, cheap trick of the paranormal. Yes, world. and of course, other
0: countries. of course, right on Facebook. Um, you can go to our page, facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative and hit play on our podcast and do all your little social media needs or whatever while you're listening to us. So that's cool. The player will stay open and you can just go about your little
1: Facebooking. Yeah, good to Facebook. You could be uh, cleaning your house, you know, taking care of your kids or, you know, whatever. But just please, whatever you do, give us a listen and what would be incredibly helpful if you could do when you whatever, wherever you listen to us at leave a review, because we want to know what you think. We want to know, is there something that we could do better? Is there something that we're doing? That's great. Or is there something that you want to see more of less of? And by that, I mean, Steven
0: and (laughs) um,
1: (laughs) yeah, just, you know, give us a review. Let us know. Yeah. You know, and, and,
0: That's why we open the door at facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative to join us in these conversations. If you have something that you're like, hey, you guys haven't ever talked about this or, hey, I've got an argument for you. You guys said this. This
1: is what I think. We would love to hear all that stuff. Just hit hit us up on the page and we'll talk about it on air. And if there's one thing that we one of the things that we are always looking for, if you have a story of an extreme haunting Let us know, and we'll have you on. Yes. And you can be our guest and tell the entire world about it. Exactly.
0: We're very uh, accessible dudes. Yeah, we are. With that being said, guys, we will catch you all next week with very special guest. Victoria Monday. Yes. So you guys have a happy Halloween.
1: Happy Halloween. Thanks a lot.